So making friends is really hard. If you've ever gone to a new church, if you've had your friends move away, or if you've moved to a new place, you know this is true. So about a year ago, I moved to Nashville. So here's some things you should know about me. First off, when I lived in California, I lived in a household of a lot of people. My parents, my grandma, my sister, my brother-in-law, my nephew, my brother, my sister-in-law. Basically, there was a lot of us. And so I went from a household full of people, with people all the time, who knew me and loved me and moved across the country to a one-bedroom apartment all by myself to a place that I knew no one. And for me, that was a really big deal. And that was hard because I knew there was going to be a season where I was not going to have the community and the friends that I had at home. I mean, I knew I would eventually make friends. In fact, I knew I was going to be friends with Rebe because we just hit it off from the start. But I knew I couldn't only rely on Rebe to be my only friend. So I was nervous and I didn't know how to like really make friends because I'd grown up where I just had friends because I grew up there. So one day, about two months into living in Nashville, one of my coworkers, Joy, came up to me and was just talking. And she was like, we should have, we should hang out. We should have coffee. And first off, I was just elated because someone wants to hang out with me and we could do something besides me go home to my apartment all by myself. And I was like, of course, yes, let's do that. And so the next day... We go to coffee and I remember just sitting there and having this amazing conversation. And I don't know that she knew how much it meant to me that she invested in me and took that time just to be normal and to have coffee and to talk. And because I'm a quality time person on the love languages, that was another big thing to me that someone just wanted to hang out with me and spend time with me and do something super normal, like get coffee. But I literally remember going to the car after we had this great time and we were able to encourage each other. So I get to the car after I have coffee with Joy and the first thing I did was call my mom. Like, mom, mom, I just did the most normal thing. I had coffee with a friend, like a friend. And of course my mother just laughed at me because she knows how important that was. But also she just was like, you are 30 years old and calling me to be like, I have a friend, but it was so important to me. And it made, it was like the first step into making Nashville feel like home. This is the non-exclusive podcast. Stories that remind you, you're not the only one. Hosted by Candice and Rebe. When Joy Summers reached out to Candice and set up that coffee date, it made all the difference. That was the first night Candice felt like she wasn't alone. I think what made that interaction and now their friendship so valuable was that Joy had been in that exact same spot just a few years earlier. We sat down to chat with Joy about her tough transition to Nashville, what it's like to feel lonely, and some very practical and relatable advice on how to get out of that isolated place and actually make some friends. Joy is the afternoon show co-host on the Way FM radio network. She has a lot of experience in radio and storytelling and has moved around a good bit. So she knows what it's like to meet a ton of new people and go on that quest for true friendship. For a conversation about such a difficult season for Joy, we still manage to laugh a lot. Once you hear Joy start to tell her story, you'll understand why. 
She has a true gift for sharing her life in the most fun and relatable way that's truly helpful in the end. I think you'll really enjoy our conversation right after this. Which is better, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter? Good news is we have all of them. Find the non-exclusive podcast on your favorite social media place today. So I remember getting in the car and literally the first thing I did after having coffee with you was call my mother and be like, mom, you have no idea. I just did the most normal thing in the whole world. I had coffee with a friend and we just talked and it was so nice. And I had no idea that you did that. Like, I didn't know that it meant that much to you. Oh, yeah. It was a huge deal. So, yeah, I think it like revived my soul. Like I was able to keep going and know that like I was meant to be here, you know? And I remember you telling me so many amazing things that I feel like I made like mental notes of every single one of them. Which and- is so funny because I don't remember half of them because <laughs> I was just like hanging out and tired, but it just came out. Yeah, it was just some great wisdom. And I I, I know this because I repeated it to my mother. So a huge one that I think really ended up helping me so much was to invest in your friendships here Um, in the new place that you live rather than spending all your time investing in your friendships at home because those, you know, are amazing, but they're not what's going to give you that community where you are. And I remember being like, need to do that because I could easily, you know, just get super attached to those friends at home and not actually invest in the ones I have right here because I'm putting all my energy still at like keeping up old friendships. And the reason I shared that is because I did that. Like I got that wrong when I moved and was in the same situation. And I was like, don't do this. It causes more heartache. So speaking of when you moved, how, how was your transition to Nashville and like what led to that? It was really difficult. I totally understood where you were because just a couple years prior, I had had my job dissolve and then got the job in Nashville, but it was a situation where I didn't want to move. And I think when you're already there, you're kind of negative about all the new stuff. And then everything where you used to live or everything about your old friends starts to look so much better. And you're like, these people aren't as fun as my new friends. These people aren't going to like me (laughs) as much. Who am I going to find who's like so-and-so? And I was just so angry that I had to do it. But I did feel like it was something that God opened as a door for me. And it's something that he wanted me to do. So I had this wrong expectation that, okay, if I step into this, he's just going to like provide great friends. And it's going to be so wonderful because I'm doing what God wants me to do. And I've recently realized over the last couple of years that doesn't always work like that. In fact, I think most of the time it's the opposite. I mean, that may not be accurate, but you really don't ever know what you're stepping into because the hard seasons are still really good for us. Like, it's not like God's going to just make it simple and easy. And so when I moved to Nashville, I was doing a job that super intimidated me. I was doing a radio show by myself. So I was talking to myself all day for like five hours in a room, which sounds psychotic and it kind of is. And then I had a side job where I was doing another radio show out of my apartment. So I would come home and then talk to myself in my room for a couple of hours. Talk about lonely. So you're telling jokes and nobody's laughing and you're saying things. And in the back of my mind, after I'd say it, I would go, that's stupid. No one's no one's going to like that. Why are you saying that? It was just me alone with my thoughts, which was super dangerous. I thought that things were going to be 
better because not only did I move here, but one of my best friends where I used to live was like, I'll move to Nashville with you. Cool. So I came up a month early and then she got here to be my roommate. And it was so hard and so lonely that first month because I didn't have anybody. And the job was so much harder than I thought. And I just kept thinking when she gets here, things will be better. And that's a dangerous mindset because like no one person can fix everything yeah, for you. And hard. then she got here and things got so much worse. <laughs> like she she had a hard time with the transition too. And still to this day, I don't really know what happened, but we kind of stopped communicating. Walls were put up. Our friendship dissolved. And I'm like, okay, like what is happening with my life? I just was so, I felt so isolated. And in the midst of that, like a bunch of other horrible things happened. Um, I'll tell you them briefly because <laughs> you don't want to hear the details because they're so bad. But after a couple of months, I started dating a guy that I thought was going to be incredible. And we started to get a little bit more serious after a couple of months. And for Valentine's Day, he was supposed to pick me up for our date and totally stood me up, oh. never came, wouldn't answer his phone. Long story short, we didn't end up together, obviously. Probably he was a hot mess. <laughs> yeah. So that crushed me. My roommate was like, I found a job somewhere else. I'm moving out. Left me. And she, all the furniture was hers. So all I had was like a bed. I didn't have silverware. I didn't have a toaster. So she was like gone in a weekend and we didn't have a friendship anymore. And I was like, I don't have anywhere to sit. Like I don't have a wow. couch. I don't have silverware. I don't have a toaster. So super depressed about that. And then uh, that same weekend, my wallet got stolen. So I didn't have any money or an ID and I couldn't even put gas in my car. It was Horrible. I had to ask for help for, from coworkers because I didn't really have anybody else. I don't have any family here. It was like nightmarish. And all of that came at the same time. And then work got even harder. And I was just like buried. If, if I could give you a visual, maybe you felt like this before. Like there was a snowball kind of rolling down a hill and you're like, oh, it's small. It's not a big deal. And then it gets bigger and bigger. And then it crushed me. And I was like, I don't know what to do with this. And I found myself dealing with depression, but I didn't know it was depression. I just felt so like down all the time, not like myself. And it took my boss at the time actually saying to me, I think you need to get some counseling or some help. And no one wants to hear that. I was like, are you kidding me? I'm fine. You're messed up. I'm totally fine. <laughs> like Initial reaction is like, you probably need counseling. But I absolutely did. And he was such a he was such a good man and good friend. And so eventually I took his advice. It was really hard for me to go. I was like, I don't want to admit that I need counseling. In my brain, like people who'd been through like horrible trauma needed counseling. But I'd been through like a lot of little traumas that kind of added up. And I didn't know what to do with what I was faced with of not having community or friends and I felt so alone and counseling was like one of the best things I've ever decided to do. If you're on the fence about it, like just shove your pride in a drawer and go because it has made me the woman I am today. And she helped me to see that like I was dealing with depression and some chemical imbalances in the mix of it and like medication and counseling and a lot of prayer got me like back to a place where I felt like myself and I started to find community then because when you're feeling really down and really depressed, like even though I was sad about being isolated, I just isolated more. I didn't want to go out. I didn't want to talk to anybody because I didn't feel like me. I didn't know how to be joyful because I was so sad. And and it was hard then to not like just call my friends from where I used to live and tell them how bad it is. And that keeps me from having like like warm human bodies in my presence. I'm just yeah. like alone with my phone. And that doesn't really help either. 
Yeah, making friends is hard in general. Moving is hard in general. And it sounds like you just got hit with everything on top of that. And so there you were feeling isolated. Like, I think so many people have been there in some way. Um, you both are very extroverted, meaning you need yeah. people <laughs> all the to time. have your energy. All the time. You need that community. <laughs> I'm pretty introverted, so I, I enjoy my alone time very much. But I had scenarios very similar. I remember one night I had been here several months and I was doing okay at making friends. Like I had finally found a church and had met some people. I love the people I work with, so it was going pretty well. But I just remember one night, there, it, there wasn't anything weird about that day. Like it had been a pretty normal day, but I just went back to my apartment and I was in my room and I was getting ready for bed. And I don't know what it was, but I just missed people who knew me, mm-hmm. who like really yeah. knew me because yeah. I had friends here, but they were all like surface level still yes. just because I hadn't known them for that long. Yeah. And I found myself thinking back to my best friend from college that I had gone, you know, three years with with just sharing our hearts. I thought about my family back home who had known me my whole life and knew my history. Mm-hmm. And I just remember bawling my eyes out just <laughs> all of a sudden. I, yeah. And I remember thinking while I was crying, like, this is so silly mm-hmm. because this came out of nowhere. But it just... I had a moment to think about it and I just, I missed them. And so even Mm -hmm. though, you know, I wasn't itching for like a huge party full of people, (laughs) I just, I needed people. You still needed to be known. Yeah. And it can just take a while to make those close friendships, Mm -hmm. no matter how you slice it, no matter your situation. I think those moments are inevitable. I think we're all going to have those moments um, at some point or another. I remember you told me about one, Joy, that is just... A bummer. Well, super embarrassing, too, because I was, like, in a church parking lot. <laughs> just, like, not where it should be. But finding a church in, like, places where you want to make friends, that's, like, a yes. lot of pressure, and it's hard. It's to really me, hard. that's where I've always found that you can be really known and that yeah. you can you can be as much of your, like, messed up self with people as you can anywhere else. And so it's, it's a special place for me, and I really wanted to find a church. And in my brain, that was, like, a key to a lot of the things I was missing out on community friendship and even encouragement during such a hard season and so I've been trying a couple of churches and I have been going all by myself which is terrifying terrifying even for an extrovert I was like I would sit in my car and pep talk myself to like open the door and not just drive away it's so necessary (laughs) why is it so scary it shouldn't be and I had gone like two weeks in a row to this church um but this I don't know why this that morning just started out bad got in the car and from the second I got there, nobody looked at me. Nobody talked to me. The greeters, when I walked in, were talking to each other and ignored me. And I was like, it's their job to say hi to me. And oh. I was like, so? I was like, the people whose job it is didn't even see me. And like, they handed me a bulletin, like, without looking at me, they were engaged in conversation. And I'm like, I'm an extrovert. I'm going to make a friend today. So there were people like sitting near me. And I was there a couple of minutes early. So I just decided to walk up and introduce myself, which I was terrified to do. And they were just kind of like, oh, hi. Like you very clearly did not want to engage with me. We're not in the mood to have like a stranger come talk to them. And I I understand that there are times you're in conversation. It makes sense until you're that person dying to like have someone care about you. And when I left the service, no one looked at me. No one talked to me. It was just such a sad, lonely moment. And I was getting ready to like leave and go find lunch by myself. And when I got in my car, even I was I was walking out of the building, I started crying a little, but I didn't want anyone to see. And then when I got in my car, had a full on breakdown. But here's the problem. 
it's a pretty packed parking lot. So I had to slowly inch my way out as church people are walking like around my car looking at me like, why is she bawling? And then the guy who's like directing traffic to exit people, I'm like, thank you. As I like drive out, he was like, oh, the sermon must have hit her really yeah. hard. I was like, no, I'm lonely. So I, in my brain, I was like, I'm never coming back to this church. And I'm sure it's a really amazing church. It just, that was a bad moment for me, but it put something in my head of like, look for the people who are sitting by themselves. Like, look for the person who's trying to enter a conversation because once you've been that person, you know how horrible it is. And I don't want to leave other people hanging like that. And I'm not perfect at it, but I don't want anyone else to feel that way. Yeah. And it's so hard because, I mean, there are many big churches and where we are in the Nashville area, like every so other many. church is thousands <laughs> of huge. people. And it's so easy to get in that habit of just like going in and leaving and I do think that that's kind of an issue. Like you're saying, like once that like, happens to you, you remember like, oh, I need to go say hi to these people. So how did you guys actually start to make friends? Because I think this is something we need to talk about because if you're feeling isolated, like we have felt totally normal, you're gonna feel that it's okay, keep pushing through. What was a time where you thought kind of like Candace? oh, I finally made a real friend. And like, how did you start to like see hope and kind of get out of that isolation? It came for me from a really unexpected source. I ended up trying to find a doctor because it's like an adult thing I needed to figure out how to do. <laughs> and so I got a recommendation from a coworker and went to this doctor. And it was pretty embarrassing to me because I needed to talk to them about how I was dealing with some depression and did they think I needed to be on medication and just get like a kind of a physical and see what's going on with my body. I, mean, I don't feel like myself. And so that was really hard for me to even say to the nurse. She's like, so why are you here today? I wanted to say I have a sore throat, but I couldn't. I had to say I'm dealing with some depression, I think. And then when she asked why, I said, I just I just moved here. I don't know anybody. All these horrible things are happening in a row. I, I'm in a rough spot. And she was so kind. And she was like, OK, OK. It was like pretty encouraging, wrote things down. But then after I saw the doctor, who was amazing, and I still go to him, he's been such a blessing in my life. Uh, she came back into the room and I was like, oh, she's got bad news. There's probably something wrong with me. And she said, I know this sounds really weird, but I want to give you my phone number. My name's Elena. And I just really feel like you need community. And I have this really awesome like group of girls and we meet and we study the Bible like every week. And if you want to come, here's where it is. Here's the phone number. Here's all the stuff. And gave me a piece of paper. And I was like kind of in shock because it was pretty awkward and and I could tell that she was even like uncomfortable doing it because she probably is not like allowed to do that. I don't know. Like tell a patient that you want to be their friend. It was so <laughs> kind, though. So kind. And I just remember leaving thinking, that's so sweet, but I'm not going to call her. And so I put her number on my desk and I just ignored it for probably like another month. And I just thought it's like I mean, it was probably my pride. I was just too embarrassed to be like, I need friends so bad. I'm going to call my nurse who I don't <laughs> who knows I have depression, which I'm trying to hide from people. Like, I'm not calling her. Um, but one day, I just think I, like a, a switch just flipped in my life and my desperation became stronger for community and being known than my pride. And so I picked up 
the, the phone number. I was like digging around, like, do I even still have it? Picked it up. I texted her. I really didn't want to go to the small group. I didn't know any of those other girls. I'm like, that's so intimidating. But she was like, we'd love to have you. Here's what time it is this week. Come. And I remember leaving work and driving to a stranger's house and thinking, I don't know these other girls. What if she's not here yet? And I sat in my car for like 10 minutes because I wanted to be there just on time, like not a second early because these girls are going to be like, what are you doing here? And we don't know you. So I was terrified. And when I got there, she was there and she was so encouraging. And there ended up being another girl that I had like met really briefly through another encounter who was a part of this small group. I don't know what the odds are. It was like six girls and it ended up being such a blessing. Mm -hmm. And that girl is still one of my best friends. We're both married now. She's had her first baby. And God brought her to me in a time when I needed it most. And it turned out she needed community too. Like she only had one or two really close friends. And long story short, she's part of the way that I met my husband. So if I hadn't called her, I don't know what would have happened. Maybe I wouldn't have ended up marrying the man I did. Like it's crazy how it all works out. Joining the small group is really important. And like you said, it's so not fun, especially when you don't know anyone and you're just showing up. Mm. You got to pep talk yourself. You have to just push through and you have to walk in and like look around and be like, oh, my gosh, there's all these people. And you just have to go and sit down and you have to do that like three or four times on the same small group. And then you feel like, okay, I think I might make be making a friend. At least that was my experience. And I tried a few different ones. Um, I did a Bible study with some women my first year here, and that worked out pretty well. They didn't end up being like longtime friends like I don't keep in contact with them a ton but it gave me those people to share with in that time and I do remember you being really committed to it like there were other times things would come up and I'd say hey do you want to go do this with us and you would say you know I've committed to to doing this with these women and that that's so crucial of not just being flaky and showing up at something once a month you don't get known that way it's true and I knew that and also I chose a bible study that I was actually really interested in it was first and second Timothy and we were going through like passage by passage and I just love doing that and I get really fed by that That helped, too, because I actually wanted to go and hear Mm -hmm. what the teacher was going to say about what I was reading. And so it was like there was a twofold reason, at least. So even if I was feeling not social, it was like, no, I need to go Mm -hmm. hear the word. And so at least that was helpful. And then I tried another like young adult thing. I did this for like a year. I went on a retreat. I like showed up on Tuesday nights. Wow. And honestly, I never made a good friend there. Oh, but you tried. (laughs) I did. I tried. And I guess I did make a couple friends there now that I'm thinking back. It was still helpful. But eventually I realized that that one, though I'm really glad I tried, I didn't have to stay with that one. Mm -hmm. I invested more in that first Bible study. I did that again and again. And that ended up being where I met some of my really close friends Mm -hmm. from church. And that just kind of springboarded me into more groups and more friends and just sticking that out and going and trying things like that other young adult group. It served a purpose. It gave me some things to do on the weekend, like you're saying. But eventually I was like, oh, this isn't the one where I'm getting the most relationships. I'm going to go invest in this one. And it was just trying it and it was just going it's not always fun at all, especially for an introvert like me. But here, seeing you guys nod as extroverts, I know it's yeah. the case for so many people. But oh yeah, it was really worth it. Yeah, and that's like part of it is like you were like intentional and you really invested. And sometimes I think that we just think or expect people to come up and talk to us. Yes. Yeah, and when the and church is so giant, yeah, like I totally will say, like my church is not the best at 
making friends on a Sunday morning. But as soon as I joined a group, everybody was so kind and so intentional. Yeah. And so that's what it took. But you have to sign yeah. up yeah. and you have to like show up. I know. And it's I can't tell you crazy. many times I did like drive-bys of houses and I was like, is that the one? I can't go. <laughs> I can't do it. I would like drive around the block a couple times. I mean, that's oh totally normal. Guys, my I, husband and I went to the wrong house the other night. No. At our new small group. Oh my Wait, God. Please. <laughs> that's been a horror of like, that's that been is, a terrifying. That is we had even been there once before, but it was dark and the house looked the same and we walked up and there were two dogs that came to the door and we were like do they have dogs and like we rang the doorbell and nobody came at least no one came i thought and then my husband actually there. like kind of opened the door and was like hello no, no, and when we no. opened the door we looked in we were like that's not it and so oh we like God. ran out I'm so glad you guys were together <laughs> if, that, if you were alone i would just walked in and sat on someone's couch and I'm like, do you have snacks is anybody else here yet <laughs> like, what? this is yeah, just a few weeks ago we joined like that's a whole nother thing so now we're having to do like joining the new small groups for married people and all Terrifying. that oh gosh anyway funny story but <laughs> that's um, a fear of everyone I feel like that's it just it was okay it makes yeah. a good story <laughs> everybody I, everybody has one of those I went to one a few weeks ago and I was early and it was but it was at a public place so I'm just like wandering around the factory. That's when you start like, looking at stuff. Do you ever oh, just like look I mean, at things I on guess, the wall? Like <laughs> uh, try to look busy. My phone. So many people are contacting me. I'm so popular. Yeah, just give me a minute. I, so then I went back to my car like a lame person no. and like sat in my car and was just like texting people. I've done that. And then I then I had to walk in and hope that I knew what group this group was. That's so scary. And I literally didn't know anybody. So I was just like walking up like, I've been texting with someone from this group, but I don't know what they look yeah. like. You don't want to like steal their name. Yeah. Thankfully, oh. the girl I was talking to was like, oh, are you Candace? And I was like, yeah, that's me. Oh. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so thankful. I have had a bad experience as well where I've been reaching out to two girls and it was at a Bible study that was at a different church than I went to. And when I showed up, they both weren't there that week. Oh, no. And I was like, um, are this Kelly here? Is Audrey here they're like no they both got like the flu or something I was like oh are what? you kidding me but everybody else was so kind that I think if anyone's ever gone through this they will embrace you they will love on you they will bring you in and that ended up being one of the greatest groups for me to be in but it does take finding one aside from Bible study, I did a little research and found out that in the city, they had like a group for young singles that would go do fun stuff. And so I signed up for it. I got all the emails. I think I only went to one event, but it was just an option. And sometimes sometimes options make you yeah. feel less lonely. Yeah. And so sign up for all the things like join like a Frisbee team or like I don't know the the group that like is going to go to the trampoline park every weekend, like whatever you're interested in. Find other people who are interested. It in is that. true. I'm kind yeah. of jealous of people who are really into a specific sport because mm -hmm. like my husband plays intramural volleyball and he's made like th those were his first friends because he yes. signed up and joined a team. Yeah. And like that can be a really good way too, mm -hmm. actually, or whatever your interest is. But, um, but you have to actually like talk to people when you get there. And, yes. like, you are, and that's, that's and that's the other piece of advice. That's another that's just hard. I've went to my church for, you know, months and would meet, the, you know, a new person every week and never see them again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's for me, that's when like a small group really came into play. Thankfully, I had amazing coworkers mm -hmm. who I became really close with. And that's like, you know, what got me through like that period of time. But I mean, I've been here for a year and I'm still like, 
coming home like, I made a new friend. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it takes, I feel like the year mark is where you kind of start to feel like, okay, I actually have people. You're still like yeah. making friends and looking for places, but you at least have a couple places where you feel like you belong. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. After and it, a year. It was so helpful in my brain to remember that it's like a season. It feels yes. like forever. And even after you make a couple of friends, like you were saying, Rebe, there'll be moments where you're going, they know each other better than they know me. And I feel like an outsider still. And no, that's normal, but no, it's not forever. Because in every situation that I've thought that, a few months down the road, we'll have a turning point where we'll all have an inside joke. And I was there when it was made and I'm laughing. Yes, and I'm yes. like, I know what you're talking about. The best moment. And and that I, makes you feel like you've really succeeded at yeah. this thing that was scary and was hard. And maybe the relationships are never going to be the exact same as the relationships you had prior. There's still people that I miss that like there's no exact person like them here in this city but that's when you do you like text them you check up on them you video chat whatever um, but you at that point are in a better place that you're not trying to get from them the same level of friendship because you're finding people where you are who can give you that I remember at one point thinking when I first got here they already have friends they don't need me and that is such like a a lie Mm -hmm. that you know satan likes to throw in there like they don't need you that's i think one that i really had to like battle was like well they're all set like they Mm -hmm. don't need to what if they don't want a new friend you know what if all these people that i meet don't want that and i had to like internally go like no that's not true and i think that's another key point is like going to scripture and knowing truths and knowing Mm -hmm. that like we were made for community and knowing all of these things And you never know how you're going to encourage them. Yeah. Maybe they need a friend. Maybe they just need someone to speak something into their life eventually. Maybe you can be that person. You don't know. And I think that going back to that, I think that's what happened with us. (laughs) It literally did. So I meet Candace and I just was like, I want to get to know you. You're new in town. Let's hang out. And you turn out to be this Martha Stewart, Joanna Gaines, Miss <laughs> yes, Plan, right? Miss Organized. I was like, she knows so how to do everything. Skills. And I was getting ready to get married and I didn't know how to organize a thing. And you were like, mm, I've done a bunch of like day of organizing for weddings. I can totally help you. I was like, what? <laughs> Sorry. What? Like, I need someone like you in my life. So the day of my wedding, Candace just like coordinated all kinds of crazy things. And she was there and she helped me organize all my decorations the week before. Like you were a huge asset to my life that I don't know what I would what I would have done without. Well, Joy, <laughs> after Joy got to know you, she said to me one time because I had gotten to know you a little bit because we work yes. more closely. But Joy was like, Candace is everything we didn't know we needed. <laughs> I remember Joy saying that to me. I was like, right? I know. And so, yeah, it really does just go to show you, you don't know who might be needing a friend and who might be needing your voice. Mm -hmm. And you specifically, you know, and you're like, even like keeping yourself from that because of your fears. And I will say, going back to talking to the people and how you guys connected, for me, something that has really helped even in small groups is making an effort to reach out to somebody else and say, hey, do you want to go get coffee? Do you want to mm-hmm. go get dinner? Do you want to go to the park and walk? Just because I know that those one-on-one conversations are where like the friendship magic often happens for yes. me. Yes. So sometimes just knowing yourself and knowing if you need more one-on-one time or if you need to go you know, do something fun with that person mm-hmm. and just being the initiator that can make all the difference as well. And being OK with them saying, no, I can't this time. I'm busy. But being persistent and yeah. knowing that yep. it's not because they're against you or they don't like you, but that you're just going to keep pursuing because you're in a situation where you have to kind of be the pursuer of the friendship. And that's OK because it won't be that way forever. Exactly. Yeah. So a lot of these 
practical pieces of advice like go to the small group, stick it out, be persistent. They're not really fun, but they really are worth it. They're so, so worth, worth it because staying in that isolation is not a good thing. No. And finding that community is going to make all the difference. And it is possible and you can find it. Hopefully, you see yourself in some of those stories. Because I know Candace, Joy, and I are not the only ones who have ever felt awkward about joining a new group or had a hard time making true friends. We're also not the only ones who have made it to the light at the end of the tunnel and have found places where we belong. If you're struggling to make friends, hang in there. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. Keep taking a few risks. Keep asking God to provide. I know it's hard, but you will find community if you just keep seeking. And if you see someone who is new or lonely, say hi. Ask them about their day. You don't know what that might mean to them. Not only does this conversation give me hope about finding true community and friends, but it makes me thankful for the community that I do have and inspires me to be an encouragement to others who may need it. I've been there too. And wasn't Joy the most super fun person ever? Her laughter and view on life is just contagious, and so I hope you caught just a little bit of that in today's episode. And the cool thing is you can listen to Joy every afternoon at wayfm.com or in the WayFM app, or see if there's a WayFM radio station near you. You can follow her personal adventures on Facebook at Joy Summers and on Instagram at JoySummers14. You can also join the fun on her afternoon show. She and her co-host CJ are hilarious. So you can check out the CJ and Joy Facebook page or find them on Instagram at WayFM Afternoons. A sweet friendship refreshes the soul. Proverbs 27, 9. If you like what you heard, rate us on iTunes. Five stars would be amazing and would help us out a ton. But really, your honest thoughts and opinions are super valuable to us. We really want to know what you think.